Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. All things Chicago football and more. Excited to get into it. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Uh, well, let's start in high school football. So we have some uh, breaking news for this, uh, Illinois high school football uh, with the complaints about redistricting and then also a new proposal for a nine-game season with an expanded playoffs. Um, Coach, what do you think are some of the complaints with the redistricting uh, proposal that's that's up for debate right now, and then we'll dive into the the new proposal. Um, the the biggest issue with the um, the current district plan the IHSA has is that it it takes away the autonomy to be able to choose your own games. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing. I mean a lot of teams have uh, rivalries and things like that, which will be negated with the district, and they have to create new rivalries and things like that. Also, I think. Travel is a little bit of an issue, but I don't think it's, it's going to be as big of an issue as, as some, some schools make it out to be. Well, it's uh, a bigger issue for bigger schools, right? Correct. But I think the, the major issue is not having control. Also, a big thing with the new new districting policy is the first two games not being worth anything. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing. I, I had a problem with that when I first heard it, too. I don't know how you do that, like – and make make have competitive games and things that people want like to see. Like preseason. Yeah. So I don't know how you do that and make it interesting. So those are the big things with the with the districting policy. There's some pros and cons to that. Some schools love it. Some schools hate it. You're going to have that. Yeah. Um, and then the new proposal um, is a nine-game season with expanded playoffs. So basically the details are um, expanding the playoffs from 32 teams to 48. And then you have an eight-week season um, with the ninth week um, being for uh, games that are played for playoff bids. So this keeps the autonomy um, to the individual schools uh, in check. It doesn't take that away. Um, And it also, I don't know if this helps or doesn't help with travel. Um, Depends upon how uh, teams set, set their conferences up and stuff like that. But it is interesting, the idea of extending the playoffs from 32 teams to 48 and having a Week 9 game that are that's specifically set aside for playoff bids. Yeah, the big thing about this one is, like with the districting, there was those first two games. This eliminates those two games not meaning anything. So that, that's, a, yeah. that's a positive. So I think all games should matter. The only problem I have with this is, is the extending to 48 teams in in, a, in playoffs. Yeah. I have a huge problem with that um, because the difference between 1 and 48 is significant. Drastic, when to, yeah. yeah. When you get to around in, in the 30s, the late 20s, 30s, it could be the difference of a 1 uh, seed going against a, a 48 seed and the score being 100 to nothing um, yeah. because the top team is just that much superior. Um, I don't know if I like this proposal. I think I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of districts because what happens in district is you play teams your size. Like, for, for, for conferences like the Catholic League. So, St. Joseph is, is a 1A, 2A school. Yeah. And they have to play in this conference 7A, 8A teams, 6A teams. 
who's double, triple their size. It's kind of tough to beat those teams. Yeah. Right? So it's hard for them to get real good looks about what they could play against and what they can be about. Now, if they can play teams their size, they make it more make things more reliable, make, make more things fair, how would you say? So I'm not a fan of this new proposal that much at all. Yeah. I think I think the most interesting part of both of these proposals is that I think the core issue is not even people will say it's traveling and distance and but I think at the end of it the teams want to keep their autonomy. They want to be able to choose who they're going to be playing and what conference they're going to be in. Um, but we do need to figure out a better way um, to work out the playoff system because, like you said, even right now with 32 teams, the difference between the number one seed and the 16th seed is is drastic. Yeah. And sometimes it's like teams are 9-0 and and they're terrible because they haven't played anyone. And you can get to a point where we're rewarding teams for having a losing season. About four or five teams with this new structure to get into the playoffs. They have yeah. a losing season, rewarding for losing. I don't know if that's fair per se. I think you. I like the. You have to have. But then the flip side of that is you have the teams who play in these crap conferences and are nine right. and zero or eight and one coming in, and some of these four and five teams could probably beat them. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a very difficult task to try to do, no matter what plan they end up working with. But I found it interesting also when I was looking at who it was submitted by. Um, none of the people that this uh, new uh, proposal of nine-game season would expand to playoffs were had anything to do with the city of Chicago. Yeah. I mean, the f- closest was probably uh, Aurora. Aurora. And so it's just interesting that somehow the city of Chicago, which has the most people in the, you know, in represents the mo- most of Illinois when it comes to people per person, has has no say in this, it seems like. Well, on the flip side, also, the downstate teams weren't represented either. The ones that will benefit from districting, would benefit from playing people their size, 1A yeah. teams playing 1A teams, right? So even their voices are heard on this new proposal. It's kind of better for them, though. I mean, it's still a benefit. For, I think either proposal is a benefit for the smaller schools. Oh, yeah. I mean, regardless of what they do, I think there's a benefit. I just don't think it's – I don't think they ever get it 100% fair, but need to at least be 75-ish percent fair um, across yeah. the board. It can't be 50-50. It has to be more on the higher end percent-wise of fairness. Um, I don't know if they how they'll get to that. I think district is, is the closest they'll get district. Yeah, and the and I always go to this the mecca of football. Texas does districts. I mean, teams play teams their size, and they they're the state with have when you talk about football, you talk about Texas. It works for them. Yeah, you can try here and see what it does for us, and, and go. From and if here. you want to change what division you're in, you change the size of your school. Yep. Which they say you don't have autonomy, but if you just regulate how many kids come in and out of your school, you do kind of have autonomy of where you're going to be playing. Well, and why do you care about autonomy? Like, in my, my opinion, I don't care about autonomy. I can create rivalry against whoever I play against. 
I can find a school. This school is somebody we're going to compete with all the time. We can create a rivalry there. Or like if those two games that don't count, supposedly. Exactly. At the beginning of the year, you could games. you could play those rivalry teams that you've had for years and years and years. Yep. You can play that. I mean, you don't have more than two rivalries. You exactly. Know? And if you want to be the type of school that wants to go – you're a 1A school and want to go play an 8A school, buy, go for it. Yeah. First two games. Go for it if that's what you want. A lot of teams aren't going to want to do that. I mean, it's all fairness, I think. But go play your rival. That's fine. Yeah. So that's the time to do it. I think this, this new proposal will hit a wall. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just not a good representation of the state of Illinois as a whole and how they feel. It's just a representation of the um, – Suburb schools of Chicago, mostly. You know what it also is, though? Some of these schools on this list, they know who they'll have to go against <laughs> if they district. You know that. Some of these schools are larger schools. They, have they don't want to go, wanna go the, play Phillips the, the, the or big, Simeon. The big or... boys, right? <laughs> so I think that's another thing. I think some of the coaches are like, y'all mess me. I'm going to be matched up against Nazareth. I don't want to go play Nazareth. Uh-uh. I'm going to fight this, right? So I think it's a lot of that happening also. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay, moving into college then. Uh, first thing I wanted to bring up was the college football playoff rankings that came out today. Had LSU at number one. Do, um, do you have the rest of that list on hand? But my question to you, and my question to everyone, I guess, is does LSU beating, you know, does LSU deserve that number one ranking? I saw those boys play last night, and I'm going to say they deserve their number one ranking. Out of all the teams at the top, you got Ohio State, you have at number two, Alabama at three, and Oklahoma at four. Now, all those teams are playing ball. Yeah. Great ball. LSU just took out number number seven, Florida. And they looked I wasn't impressive. Too impre- I wasn't too impressed I was, with Florida. I was in, I, no, I'm, I'm talking about what LSU. LSU's I'm just saying play. I don't think Florida was that impressive. So it's nice they looked impressive. but No, they didn't look impressive because they played against LSU. This team is stacked, especially on D-line, on defense. This this team is solid. If you see how quick the defensive linemen and ends move, it, it it's amazing. It's amazing to see. I don't – I, I personally think the only team that gives them competition in the long run is maybe Oklahoma or Alabama. Ohio's good. They have a great quarterback, have a great system. I don't see too many people beating LSU. I don't see it. Hmm. it they need to expand the playoffs. Oh, 100%. 100%. I want to see I want to see an eight-game eight, eight playoff. No, about how great that would be? Eight games? Because then, then Wisconsin would be in the mix. Let's see who I'm doing. Clemson would be, right now, Clemson, Wisconsin, Penn, uh, Penn State, and Florida would be in the mix. Yeah. I think eventually by the end of this, Georgia will jump back into the top eight. Um, they're 10 now. Yeah. They had the, a, what, that was a disappointing game yesterday. Very. Them, and definitely for, from our side, uh, the Fighting Irish, um, that hurt. Yeah. Any chance that Notre Dame has, it, it's it's over. Yeah. Even yeah. if they win out, I don't think they'll be anywhere near top four. You think if they beat Alabama, they won't be? Who, Georgia? Yeah. 
I think if they beat you think Alabama, if they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, they won't be top four. No, they will be top four. I'm saying Notre Dame wouldn't. I'm oh yeah, yeah. No, if Georgia beat Alabama, they they'll be top four. But Georgia has to go and play Florida next week, though. That, that's not an easy game. That's no. gonna be a fight. So I especially because Florida game, doesn't want to lose two in a row. Exactly. I, neither one of them. And they're at Florida. Florida. Yeah. So I, I I'm actually. I actually think Florida's going to win that game. And that'll put Georgia to rest for the yep. <laughs> year. It'll be over. And Notre Dame further oh, in yeah. the hole. If, if Georgia loses again, Notre Dame will drop their 11 now. They'll drop probably to 15. And the crazy thing with the Georgia team is it's not their defense. Their defense is, is stacked. I mean, they had a pick six. You know? So... Yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, you know, seventeen to seventeen going into overtime, they only they only gave up ten points. Yeah. Georgia's offense is failing them, and you know what? It, I I think Jake Fromm is a great quarterback, but you know, you know what it makes people think? Was he the best option over Justin Fields? I don't know. I think they both. Was he like, better than Justin Fields? They, should you have let Justin Fields go, or should you have benched Jake Fromm and put Justin Fields? You in? had no reason at the time to bench Jake Fromm. But if you had kept Justin Fields, now you would have have reason but to you, bench Jake Fromm. You would have known that Justin though. <laughs> like you would have known that though. Do you know that his play would drop off a little bit? I do think Jake Fromm is going to pick it back up. I don't think he's going to be terrible for that long. I think he's going to. Uh, he, he always comes back and comes back solid. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. No, I think Fields is good. I don't know. Speaking of those two, let's go into the beginning of the year who we had on the list for the Heisman race. Um, and at the end of the year, or sorry, not the end of the year, but today, who's your top guy in the Heisman race? So at the beginning of the year, the Heisman race, we saw we, we talked about Tua, we talked about Trevor Lawrence, we talked about Jalen Hurts, we talked about Jake Fromm, we talked about Justin Fields. Today, I think, in my opinion, the only people you can talk about that are still in the Heisman race, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, and Justin Fields. I would agree with that list. I think Trevor Lawrence is still at the bottom of that. He's not on that list in that area. He's probably that next person. I don't think he's out, though. I think over the next – we still got, what, five games left in this season? Yeah. Um, I think – if he dominates it, it all it all depends on what happens in the SEC. Whatever happens in the SEC and those top quarterbacks in the SEC yeah. with, with um, Tua and also Jalen, what in the Big Twelve? Uh, yeah, uh, Big Twelve. Um, Oklahoma's what in Big what 12. happens there? I mean, they beat Texas. I think that that was their only threat. Yeah. So I think right now Jalen is a, is a Heisman. I think Oklahoma, like I said earlier, is going to be have do a three peak. I think it's going <laughs> to happen. I think it's coming. He might, man, but Joe Burrow is is coming hot on him. I mean, in my mind right now, if LSU's number one, Joe Burrow's a top Heisman candidate right now. Unfortunately, I think Jonathan Taylor has numbers where most years previous he would be at the top, but right now it's just it's quarterback, it's quarterback thing, it's quarterback yeah. award right now. I think if um so. If LSU wins SEC and yeah. Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve, 
this is going to be the tightest Heisman race ever. I think it will. Assuming that they both keep throwing up ridiculous exactly. numbers, video if, if game they, numbers. If they continue going in the same projection, I think this might be the and tightest race. And Tua gets left ever. out of this, you think? Oh, yeah. It's just, it's over. If Tua loses the SEC uh, championship, he's no longer he's no longer in the race. But if he wins it, now he gets put in the race over Joe Burrow? Absolutely. I, I believe there's going to be one person in the top from the SEC. They're going to knock each other out. Wow. That kind of sucks for them. Yeah. I think they're going to knock each other out. Cause and Justin Fields doesn't have a shot anymore, huh? The only problem with that is that the the Big Ten is struggling. I mean, you got Penn yeah. State. You have uh, Ohio State. Besides those two, eh, you're not seeing too much, right? So, I think yeah. it hurts. the conference is hurting uh, his, um, his, his chances. Do you think the Big 12 is helping Jalen Hurts? Absolutely. I think they're growing. I think the Big 12 is growing. I think they're going to be the the next conference. With the resurgence of Texas coming in. I think they're going to be the – they're going to rival the SEC within five years. I think they're going to be – No way. I think they'll overtake them. I think so. I can see it. Do you think that has to do with Clemson pulling a lot of SEC talent? Absolutely. But but that – that's what hurts Trevor Lawrence, though, being in ACC. I mean, I think yeah, Clemson being in that conference really hurts him. So, well, he hasn't been that impressive either. The hype got to him, man. The but, best college quarterback of all time. But you can't count out Clemson and Dabo both from the championship either. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying he's not a great quarterback and can't win a championship. I'm just saying I don't <laughs> The, the story at the beginning of the year was he was the best college football of quarterback all of all time. Yeah. No, I don't see that this year. I think we both agreed that it was, like, possible, but that he was not there yet. I thought it was a push, it, it was a push for, for his first year. Now, if he had to continue this over the next next two years, then – Or just he, got better and yeah, better. Yeah. He, he hasn't done that, so I don't think you give him that title. But in his defense, Clemson in years past – has normally, like, kind of started off slow. Yeah. Because they use a lot of different packages in their offense and a lot of different moving pieces that by the end of the year, they got everything rolling. Yeah. So we'll see, man. These next, next, I want to say next four games are critical. Yeah. Um, The fifth one, of course, the the championships are are critical for some uh, conferences, but Next four games are critical Heisman wise. So who um, who's going to be at that top? If you had to give a who's going to get upset next, um, upset alert. Give us an upset alert of who you think is going to get upset next out of the top five. Out of the top five upset, who we got here? Clemson, Oklahoma, Clemson, Oklahoma, Clemson, LSU, Alabama. And Ohio State. Clem, it's, it's going to be in the SEC. Clemson's not going not to get upset in the ACC. I mean, it's not going to happen. Um, They've been close. But I, I just don't. I think next upset, because they always, later in the year, they have those scare games, and it's like, uh, Alabama. I think Alabama might. might you think Alabama's going to get upset I think they might by either upset. Georgia or I think Georgia might. Because they always have those scare games. Like, it's so close, uh. Georgia might have Georgia might have nothing to play for at the end of the year except just to beat Bama. Yep. So I think out of all those teams, I I don't think LSU is going to lose. 
maybe in a conference championship, maybe. But I don't to think Bama. They, yeah, I don't think um they'll lose before that. Ohio State. They're That'll gonna, be the best conference championship. Uh, absolutely. Oh my gosh! It always is. It's like a bowl game. <laughs> it always is. Uh, Ohio State has no threat. Um, because do they play Penn? Have they already played Penn State? Well, what about Wisconsin? I forgot about the boys up north. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, man. That's a possible possibility. I mean, they would meet in the Big Ten championship game. I tell you, you don't got to worry about Michigan. <laughs> man, Gosh. Like, I was, I was, their game against Illinois was close yesterday. I was talking to my brother about this. Who's a huge Michigan fan? I say out of all the teams that started off in a top team, you know Michigan's had the greatest fall. Like they were like ranked so high, and now they're 16. They probably drop even farther with this this coast win against Illinois. They're going to keep dropping. By the end of the year, they'll be out of the top 25. Wow, bold prediction. They have to go against Ohio State still. They have to play the Irish in two weeks. I don't think they'll win those games. Th- Michigan-Ohio State games have always been played pretty close no matter how Not last year. Oh, not last year, was it? They got murdered. I'm just saying, <laughs> it might be Harbaugh's way of saving his career. Oh, his career is done. He's, he's If done. he beat Ohio State it, this it'll year, save it'll save him. Yeah, it would sure. save him. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise, sure. he's, you think he's done this year? Oh. I think or do you got- think they finish his contract out? I think they're going to have to finish this contract out. They own too much money. Yeah. But it's going to be uh, some tough time because they're going to start losing recruits. You can't beat Ohio State and you can't beat – you playing oh, close yeah. to Illinois. It's like – It's great for Illinois because they're going to start getting some of those recruits. Yeah. With Lovey over there. But they do have uh, – I saw that game. I was like, oh, my gosh, Lovey with the beard. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas coming early. Maybe uh, J.J. from Nazareth will come to Michigan uh change the – Change the I don't think so. I don't think so either. But all right, well, uh, last last thing we have to talk about today um, in the NFL, unless you have something else you want to talk about, Antonio Brown. <laughs> We're still talking about him, it's and he's joke. not on a team, and he's been through two teams this year. Well, would you say two or three from Pittsburgh to Oakland to? New England. Yeah, too. I think Pittsburgh happened earlier. Now, here's what I would say. First point, I think, for me, would be Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh and that organization. Bravo to you because you kept this all of a sudden, like, you, you you had this guy playing well and not too much of a distraction, and in a good organization and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, he gets out on his own, away from that organization, and he cannot keep it together. So it tells me more about Pittsburgh's front office, the organization, and Mike Tomlin as like, wow, yeah, I didn't know how hard this was for you. Good job. And way to get out of it when you <laughs> when you needed to get out of it. Um, what do you think about the situation with Tony Brown? And do you agree with Bill Belichick or um, Kraft when they said that they had no communication 
about him being signed in New England and that Bill Belichick did it on his own. That's the rumor. No one's, neither of them have said anything about it, of course, but that's the rumor going around. Um, well, you guys gave Bill Belichick the ability to do that, so who who really cares, right? <laughs> you guys uh, allow him to be the general manager. He made a, a business decision. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that Bill Belichick didn't know what was going on. Um, if he did, that's terrible. Um, I, I don't believe Kraft that he didn't know that Bill Belichick made the decision either. I mean, I wouldn't put something like this past Kraft. He probably brushed it off his shoulders. He's yeah. had his run-ins with similar allegations. Yeah, and, and Antonio Brown threw that out, <laughs> threw that out at him too. I don't know about this kid, man. He, he just made a post that he wants to be back in the, in the NFL. Well, he or, said the Patriots are, have to pay me the money, so it might as well work for it. He posted something like that, too. You know how much the Patriots have to go through if they play him? You know how many protests would be outside the building? and yeah. just it will be terrible. They'll, they'll never do that. They'll pay him and go away quietly. <laughs> like It's not worth it. It's just a, ta- a sad situation because this kid is one of the most talented receivers of all time. Talent-wise, he's just yeah one of the best. He's in, in debt right now. Did you hear that too? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's, it's another sad story of someone not being it, knowing how having a ton of money and never being able to get a hold of it and use it well. But going back to Pittsburgh. And a little bit off, not really on, off Antonio Brown, but I think this situation with Pittsburgh and how this was handled is going to hurt Mike Tomlin in the long run. I think they're going to release Mike Tomlin. Which is a great thing for yeah. the, for the um, and I've also heard that the Redskins are going to push real hard to get Mike Tomlin as their new head coach there's no, come next fall. There's no way. There's no way if he gets that go by Pittsburgh that the team's not going to pick him up. Well, the Redskins, no whether he's let go by Pittsburgh or not, the Redskins are already after him. He's a great coach. I mean, I just think Pittsburgh has a lot of issues going on in Pittsburgh. I think. He, Do you he, think they're all Mike Tomlin? I don't. I don't. I think it's a lot more than that. Is he part of? Do the you f- think he had as much choice in say in the matter of? Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, and the ensuing explosion of utter chaos that ensued after that. No, I think his hands are absolutely tied. But I think what the league, where a lot of coaches are leaning to her and going to her, that when they come over, they, everybody trying to mimic the Bill Belichick model. So I think if he do go to the Redskins, he's going to want to control the player personnel or being general manager of yeah. the team. A lot of coaches are going to that. Um, so. I think his hand was tied in Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown. With, with he, I don't think he get, could say or do any much to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I think he's going to look for that more of that control. I think if he could do his own personnel, it'd been a totally different story. I think he would have paid Le'Veon. Wow. I just think he would. I like. I, I think Le'Veon was a headache. I think Antonio Brown is a headache, but I, I think he probably would have paid him. I mean, you can't deny talent. And he had it working together. Yeah. Like, he had all three parts working together for a while. So. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Yep. Well, do you have any final thoughts before we close up this podcast? 
Just that I hope the Bears do better after this break. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there, Coach. I wasn't even going to go there. My hope. I think it was just the travel over to London, England, and maybe the travel got to them. Yeah, they had they – had, uh, someone told me that they had 48 hours in Europe before the game. That's like, crazy. They like, they left, the they left later than – because they wanted to have all the time practicing at their own facilities and doing their own thing, and so they left late. They left like Friday night. That's the coach's ear. That's the dumbest decision. So my my question to you before we head out is: the Bears' debacle of a season that's going on right now is this a Matt Na- is this a Nagy issue? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, you can't have this talented of a team. And, and not produce and, and make decisions like that about going having 48 hours before in, in England before that game. Like some of the decision making, some of the extra trick plays and all stuff, you know, he need to, I know that's what he's known for, but he need to pull back on that some a little bit also. Um, I think it's 100% on him. I think he knows that. Yeah. Well, Bears also screwed up by not getting a, a good quarterback, so. That's the front office. Yeah. And Nagy, Nagy got stuck with a, with a, trying to save the front office project. And I think they're still trying to hold on to, uh, to the, um, Trubisky. But I think they should, if, if this year doesn't turn out correct, I think they should to look into options of trying to move him and bringing somebody in. They should. They figure. They need to out. go after some of these quarterbacks coming out in college. Holy cow. Yeah, this quarterback could. crop coming out is ridiculous. Well, we could get Tua. I would love to have Tua for the Bears. Go trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Maybe we could we could sell everyone for Deshaun Watson. Well, maybe the next two this year and next year we can tank, and we can get Trevor Lawrence in, in, in a couple of years. First pick. I don't know. <laughs> what I was told by people who were telling me. That were big Mitch Trubisky fans is that Mitch Trubisky was a better athlete than Sean Watson. Go look at all of his combine numbers. He's a better athlete. So they're going by combine? Well, I was like, <laughs> I looked at his combine numbers. He's not. Also, Mitch Trubisky was not all state in three different three different sports like like uh, Deshaun Watson was. If he, you go just on combine numbers, you have a problem. Gosh, you gotta look at the tape. Trying to tell me that Mitchell Trubisky is a better athlete than Deshaun Watson? Come on, that's your argument. Not on his best day. But that's their argument. That's that's their argument for saying he's a better quarterback. It's like, first of all, he's not. Second of all, <laughs> just being a great athlete doesn't make you a great quarterback either. There's a bunch of stuff that we saw in college that Deshaun Watson just blew people away with. He's a winner. Yep. He's a proven winner. And he continues to win, and he continues to prove people wrong. And I don't know why they keep doubting him. He's the most sacked quarterback. He's the most sacked quarterback in, um, in his career. Like anyone that's played as long as Deshaun Watson has as starting quarterback, no one's been sacked more than him. People say, "Oh, it's because he's too athletic, and he gets outside the pocket, and he makes play." It's like. Uh, no, he has the worst offensive line in the NFL. <laughs> so yes. imagine what he could do with a decent offensive line and more than one receiver. 
Deshaun Watson would have won the Bears a Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson is the truth. All right, well, thanks for listening to uh, this week's episode of uh, Sticky Fingers Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Cody, and my other co-host, Kevin Davis. The monster. Signing out. Peace. Peace. Sticky Fingers!